You're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Berg, and I'm your host. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I have Christine Liu today from CL Designs and the Brand Party Podcast. Her and I dive into so many topics, so many things, um, and it's just a great interview. I really like this. I hope you guys enjoy it. Remember to rate and review and share with all your friends who you think would like it. So enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of What the Business. Um, today, I have Christine from CL Designs. Hi, help, well, welcome. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Christine. I am the expert behind CL Designs and the Brand Party Podcast. So I help a lot of social impact businesses and nonprofits create cohesive branding, web design, social content to help you increase your impact in sales. And with the Brand Party Podcast, my guests and I share very fun, honest, actionable tips that you can implement right away in less than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love your podcast. I've listened to a few really great episodes. Um, some of the more recent episodes and yeah, they're really, really good. Check it out for sure. Um, so talk a little bit about your history and work and how you got to where you are now. So rewinding how far back we want to go, Josie. So about <laughs> nine or 10 years ago now, I had started my first business. So that was actually a streetwear apparel brand. So it was called In Lua, which is kind of a fun spin off of my last name and just in lieu of what I needed in that time of my life. And I, as a designer, I always wanted to be able to create like band merchandise and just hoarded every band t-shirt that you could imagine growing up. And so that inspired me to want to get into apparel design and did that business for a few years, doing trade shows, everything in between and ended up looking into the startup world and being exposed to that. And it was really appealing in the sense that I could do 360 of everything from marketing to sales to design and, and whatnot, but without the responsibility of having to run my own business. And so at that point, I didn't think that I would ever become my own boss again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead, as I was going through school at the time too, getting my bachelor's of graphic design, I ended up getting a quote unquote real job, whatever that means nowadays. And (laughs) I ended up in corporate working for brands like Walmart, uh, Rogers Media Publishing for Sportsnet, MLSE, McLean's uh, being nominated for a digital publishing award then. And then, (laughs) thank you. And ended up at CBC Music as a graphic designer and a digital associate producer uh, before basically trading and climbing the corporate ladder for Climb Mountains Around the World. And here we are two and a half years later with CL Designs full-time and pre-COVID traveling the world while running my business full-time. That's incredible. Good for you. That's awesome. Good for you. So what led you to want to do want wanting to do um, work independently for yourself and to be a service provider? You know, it always grew demand. So partially that's one factor for sure that it was sustainable or had enough security for me to take that leap as a whole. But just for me as well, growing up quite as a 
curious and creative person, it is something that I always wanted to be able to look into if it was viable enough for me to actually do as well. And, you know, we're young enough, thankfully, mm-hmm. that <laughs> even, you know, if I were like much older, I think that the world that we have and live in right now is really able to give you these opportunities and whether you choose to take it or not, I like to look at it like it's your own, choose your own adventure in a way and that you can always go down a different path and your priorities might change, but you still get to choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think it's super important to remember that nowadays, especially because you know people, companies aren't offering tenure or they're not offering um, pensions or whatever. So it's just changing. Like we really are more adaptable now in our careers, I think. And that flexibility is scary, but it's also a great opportunity. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I'm sure maybe some of your listeners can relate that I just get bored really easily. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So for me, being able to have a variety of things to work on, and a variety of things from a business owner point of view too, to be able to own and operate is really exciting. I'm constantly learning new things. So mm-hmm. every day is always a new, <laughs> fresh start. Yes, that's so true. Um, so talk a little bit about what CL Designs does. So my main pillars are really looking at your branding, your website design, and your social content to really look holistically at your brand as a whole. So I feel like a lot of things that a lot of designers don't look at or is very underrated in a sense is they focus on one particular thing, but they don't really take into consideration how is it all working together in order to achieve that main goal or objective that you have for your business. So this way it's creating that well-oiled machine to make sure that you're not only creating an impact at the end of the day, but Mm -hmm. actually creating an income for yourself too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's super important. It seems like from your website, like you really have a clear set of um, kind of steps that you work through each client with, which is awesome. And it's not just like, oh, I, I do your logo or whatever. It's, it's, there's a lot of steps. It's super interactive, which I love. Um, I think that's awesome as a service provider. So talk about getting clients then in the beginning, did it come naturally? Um, how did you, how do you now? <laughs> I definitely was much more introverted than what what I am now. (laughs) So through a lot of practice and trial and error, I promise you, if you're listening to this, that it does get better. (laughs) It does. It does. It's true. And even I'm sure too, for you, Josie, like being able to do podcasts, it has really opened you up to having conversations with people too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I used to work as an assistant for a tech company actually. And that really got me out of my comfort zone because I did not like doing cold calls at all, but my (laughs) boss really stretched that comfort zone in me at such a young age in a sense. And so being able to put yourself out there and in front of these complete strangers, sometimes Mm -hmm it's this weird duality, right? Between, I think that it's very scary because they don't know anything about you, but also it has this grace in itself that they don't know you. So you can go into it with no preconceptions whatsoever and present however you, you want, which is kind Mm -hmm. of this, yeah, very interesting place to be in. But I would say now it definitely feels like again, bringing that, that curiosity, I think is always important and having consent at the end of the day, everybody's exhausted from this pandemic life and Mm -hmm. rightfully so. So just being able to 
ask people where their capacity is at and what they need support with and have that genuine curiosity of how you can support without any sales kind of tactics Mm -hmm. involved, I think then you really get to the root and source of not only being able to understand that person and have empathy there, but it will help you with your business as a whole too. Mm -hmm, For sure. I mean, they say that you should always be selling of the value behind the product, not the product itself. Um, And I think that that's a perfect example of that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because it can be hard to display the value or convey that to somebody from a intangible perspective as well. So like, yes, you might get the result of your product uh, that people buy off your website, for example, or in my case, a service in a sense, right? But sometimes there are intangible things like you're talking about too, having visited my website and looking through the process itself. It's stuff like that, that goes into it for research and our consultations and stuff like that, that is a little bit more intangible but you still need to illustrate the benefit and the value of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's super important. And it's something that, or I find for sure, it's easy to forget because um, you do get, I mean, as the service provider, you get so heavily wrapped up in just the service. Um, but it's a good reminder just to, you know, if you're trying to make that sale, just focus on what you're giving them and, and even better yet, just asking them, yeah, exactly what they need. Um, because I, I mean, people just want to be heard. So if you're asking the question, they'll have an answer. <laughs> exactly. Create that safe space for people to really explore that option. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so how do you market yourself right now online? So in terms of online, I love getting to do speaking engagements as well. And just having these good old conversations is just what makes my heart happy from that perspective too. But uh, being able to do podcasts is so much fun. So not only for my own through Brand Party, but also through other shows like yours and um, whatnot has been so much fun to connect with other communities there too um, and reach Mm -hmm. different audiences as a whole. But similarly as well through social media, like Instagram and Pinterest is a lot of where you can find me as well. So um, I'm sure it'll be in the, the show notes that you can come find and join in on the fun there. But basically those are kind of the main drivers. And then I'm always pro website in a sense. This is like your home on the internet that people can Mm -hmm. find out uh, what you offer as well. So those are the three kind of main areas that I like to market. Yeah. And the same for CL designs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think having a good website is key. And then, yeah, all those other places. Have you... Um, ever done any courses on Pinterest? Did you learn yourself? Because Pinterest is kind of this weird thing where most people don't really know about it, but some people know a lot about it. And it's just kind of a weird area in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of this ambiguous place where you feel like you're going down a rabbit hole, right? And so yeah. a lot of people know that they use it personally for like recipes, meal prep, stuff like that, which I personally do also. But from a business perspective, it was something of a platform that I just avoided for so long as well, because I was like, what is the point of Pinterest? What is the actual investment there that is going to reap the benefits from if you're Mm going to put more energy and time into it? Right. And so I ended up taking a five-day challenge, Pinterest challenge from an expert called, um, her name's Megan Williamson. So I had her on my podcast as well. And she's just such a wealth of knowledge, I have to say, and just really breaks down Pinterest trends, strategies, tactics that are actually realistic for people. Like, so after that point, after I did the challenge, I ended up 
continuing on quite minimally for even a month or so and already saw about 127% uh, boost in my traffic to my website. And Mm -hmm. especially if you have evergreen content, I would highly recommend uh, you check it out and kind of invest in Pinterest itself because it's just going to continue serving you on and on and on again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find or I found when I first went on, I wasn't getting much traction. Mind you, I had no idea how to post on Pinterest. It's totally different from every other platform out there, really. But once I started posting properly, I immediately went from like 100 views per post to like 41,000 views per post. I was like, uh, what? Okay, that's cool. Um, I mean, I still don't put enough time into it. I've only had, I think, one or two inquiries from from Pinterest, but... um, yeah, it's for sure worth checking out. So that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so going to the kind of graphic design, um, part of your, your business, your career, talk about some misconceptions about graphic design and what people do wrong. (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot. (laughs) I I just took a big deep breath because I think we could go on and on about this all day, like you said. But I would say a big misconception is that, especially in the branding design world of things, that people only focus on one thing. So primarily your logo, which is a big factor for sure of how people are going to remember that brand awareness and that recognition for your organization and company. But at the end of the day, there's so much more that goes into your brand than just your logo. And so I just want to shake people sometimes because (laughs) (laughs) yeah, there's so much other fun parts that you can play with as well. I don't want people to feel like this is a tour, but something really exciting because the reality is also, I do acknowledge that asking somebody who are you and what do you represent is a very loaded question, right? It sounds very simple from the surface, but there's so much more that goes into it. And so even having consultations about the strategy that they have behind it, who is their dream client avatar, really getting clear on the inner work is sometimes the real work Be able to be able to actually visually communicate that in a conveying and cohesive way too, mm-hmm. right? So I think those are really big things that people often miss that extra step with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. What are um, some things people can do to help figure that out? Cause I know obviously some people, especially in COVID times might not have the budget to hire help for that, or even like a, a do it yourself kind of downloadable uh, workshop mm-hmm. thing or guide. So what's a quick tip for someone who really needs to sharpen up their brand. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we talked about earlier too, and I'm going to keep drilling it in because I think it's super important that people just need to have really curious, deeper conversations with people, because when you understand people and the audience that you're serving, then I think that's where the magic really happens. It's not assuming certain things anymore, but actually hearing directly from them. And then how can you best support them through the medium that you offer? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's so true. With your graphic design business, um, the types of clients you serve, how, when you first started, what was that process like trying to get the momentum going? Hmm. I'm trying to to remember now too. (laughs) I think when I was starting out, just like everybody else, I'm sure, is that you just try everything and anything, right? Mm -hmm. Because just want to make money, pay your bills and know that this is something that you can 
feed yourself with at the end mm-hmm. of the day, but like feed your literal feeling your body, but yeah. also like feed your soul in the sense that you're not resenting the work that you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was just trying to be everywhere and anywhere. And that means like digitally networking events, pre COVID and all that. But having this new perspective now, after a few years being doing this full time, I've really learned to focus and double down on the things that are working and be able to Mm -hmm. gracefully let go of the things that aren't because they're no longer serving you Mm -hmm. right now or moving Mm -hmm. forward. So that's not to say that it might not be good at this stage in your business, but it's just really having that perspective of where you want to be going as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's really working for you right now? in times of COVID and all. <laughs> <laughs> Connection is always going to be important to me pre-COVID, during COVID. I'm sure very much past COVID as well. And people are recognizing that more than ever. And a big thing that is often lost too in terms of brands is that you lose that human element, right? Especially with this whole digital landscape of things as people are transitioning online is that they lose that human element to it. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's being able to show up in a way that is open, it's vulnerable and transparent. And I know authentic is a buzzword here, but I think just at the end of the day, just really integral to who I am and the type of people that I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Authentic is most definitely a word that kind of blew up. <laughs> And people were like, no, stop using it. But it is still a good word to describe, I think, um, Mm -hmm. yourself or your business when you're talking about these things, because it is true. You just want to be really true to yourself. Um, Yeah, exactly. And I think people want to know that they are part of something larger than themselves at the end of the day, too, right? If people listening are a sole proprietor, especially, then you know that it's hard to do it all yourself and it's okay Mm -hmm. to ask for help along the way. So if you're at a stage where you feel like you have done everything that you can possibly do, then maybe it's time to reach out to an expert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, um, I always say like work smarter, not harder. So what's one (laughs) way you like to do that? It's kind of a, Ooh, efficiency (laughs) is the name of my game. So For me, like having systems in place is very much been so helpful in being able to preserve my time and having those healthy boundaries in place as well, Mm -hmm. just as a human, but also as a business owner. So even booking things in through like Calendly or uh, Asana is one of my favorite ones for project Mm -hmm. management. There's so many ones out there that I, I just love being able to use on a daily basis to make my life easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's programs for you that make you work more efficiently. Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that. I love hearing different people's answers for this one because it really varies. And uh, it's just really cool to hear what different people do because every day I'm like, oh, maybe I should try what (laughs) so-and-so (laughs) said. I think with that being said too, right, there's so many out there that it's finding the right ones that work for you Mm -hmm. and the way that you work as well. So having that clarity of what works best for you, whether it's your most productive earlier on in the day, or, you know, identifying those times, you can really learn to figure out what's important to you and what to outsource or what to system systematize in a way um, to make your life that much better. Yeah, for sure. Um, So you mentioned you travel a lot. I know you do public speaking, obviously right now that's probably not happening or (laughs) online. I guess people are, you know, doing that online. Um, What's that like? How did you get into that world? 
You know, I have, I'm one of those weird people maybe (laughs) that just love job interviews and getting to speak as well. So this was not the case when I was super little at all. Like I would just hide behind, (laughs) you know, (laughs) everything as well. But being able to have opportunities to just connect with people is probably my favorite thing. And so whatever that looks like in terms of doing summits, uh, conferences, workshops, everything in between, it's been really great to be able to teach and share my expertise with people and different communities and ultimately get to learn from them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Um, What was your first public speaking engagement? Do you remember, do you recall any funny (laughs) moments? (laughs) I think one of my bigger first ever speaking engagements was with the women who freelance um, group. Okay. Yeah. If you're familiar, right. So Lana, she manages a wonderful community over there and was one of the first freelancing communities I was part of when taking that initial leap. And so there was three keynote speakers, including myself. And we were at a co-working space called Eureka Hub at the time and this was my opportunity to share oh what was I talking about I think either something about how to boost your creativity or something around good branding basically mm-hmm. um and yeah it was just so much fun and there's still people that I have met from those uh from that initial speaking engagement that I still talk with now and also work with too which is really cool so it's nice to see how it's developed you know from years later mm-hmm. yeah that's super cool um I love that. I uh, most definitely was at the point before COVID where I was like, I want to go to more events. I want to do more networking. Like I'm ready. And then it obviously kind of changed. It's still been, it's going to be delayed, but um, I think that's really cool that you do that. Um, How do you, if someone's listening, that's kind of interested in that world and being a public speaker, specifically being on stage, um, what would you recommend? What's a tip you'd have for them? ask. I think it sounds so simple, but I have gotten so many different speaking engagements from just genuinely supporting people because I just really love their content and the values that they have around their event and the speakers that they've had, but also everybody has a great story and expertise and experience to share. So don't devalue yours at the end of the day. I think there's something that really valuable behind it. And it's just stepping into that belief and worth in a sense, but ultimately being able to ask if they are open to more speakers or what the process is like, then more often than not, people are pretty open to sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. I think, yeah, like the cold call, cold email, just simply reaching out is so much more valuable than people realize. It's because our life has changed a lot online. I think people don't realize that that is still valuable. So that's a great tip. Mm -hmm. And with that being said too, I think understand their audience in a sense, or Mm -hmm. be able to compliment them on something that you've noticed, I think really goes a long way to show that you actually are invested in them and not just looking for, you know, a next opportunistic moment in a, right. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I mean, I'm sure too, it's important to make sure that they're um, clientele and the people that are attending are on brand with kind of who you're reaching out to so that you can best serve them and that they're, you know, benefited by what you're providing and bringing to the table. Yeah. Good synergy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, you have, 
you do that, you have your sale designs, your graphic design, and then you have a podcast. I'm sure I'm missing other things you are a part <laughs> of and do. Um, do you outsource anything to help manage? <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should more, but you know, okay. So maybe a little story time. I have hired VAs in the past mm-hmm. and just for me understanding my business and trying different things out, I recognize for myself that I really love systems and I'm pretty efficient and structured as a person. Um, so I actually only hire VAs for on a very specific project oriented okay. basis. Um, if any, I've only maybe hired twice because I feel like, yeah, I have a really good system in place of how I work, but otherwise I hire like complimentary um, service providers as well, like a copywriter mm-hmm. and um, yeah. web developer that I work with um, on yeah. a project basis. But other than that, it's, what you see is all me. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. That's great. Good for you. Um, so what are some programs you use then? I mean, you mentioned a couple earlier, but maybe outside of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Google Calendar is probably one of my favorites as well. So I love as a designer and just creative person, I love color blocking because it just yeah. feels really good. <laughs> um, I have a blog post about how to get rid of an inefficient Google Calendar if people are looking for an additional mm. resource. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> But otherwise, I, what else do I really love? I love Planoly to help mm-hmm. schedule my content out. So it gives me more time to focus on actually engaging with people. And otherwise, let's see, I love Zoom. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of fatigue around it, but. <laughs> hey, it works really great, well. <laughs> it's a really great, great platform. Um, i trying to think of what else, but yeah, Calendly is, is probably, yeah, yeah. and Asana are like my holy grails. Yeah. 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 I don't use either, but I, I have, people have brought those um, programs up before mm-hmm. and I know they're pretty popular. Um, that's really great. I will check out that blog post for sure, because as a, well, as a photographer, I don't know, I'm, I am creative, but I'm not creative in that aspect. Right. I really struggle with the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I use my, just my Apple, like yep. the Mac calendar. Um, but even that sometimes I'm like, this is a mess. Although I have to admit, I exclusively use my calendar for literally everything. Notes, yes. thoughts, ideas, reminders, everything is in my calendar. It's not just like appointments. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love the G suite, like overall for that, because it's so easily integratable between mm. your mobile to your laptop to, you know, everything in between your notes, all that yeah. good stuff, audio stuff. Um, so it's, it's a great one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any quick tips for that one? Actually, I feel like Ooh, the, the G suite. Well, okay. I would say like, I'm always thinking about how to not not start things from scratch in a way, right? So intuitively listening, actively listening to people and these conversations that you have along the way, you don't need to create from scratch like feed posts or podcast episodes or whatever that looks like all the time. I think when you actively listen, then again, you're serving that demand for what people actually want to consume from mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. And so this way I have like docs in my Google drive that I just jot down notes throughout the month. Um, if I save certain things as I'm passively scrolling on Instagram, for example, I'll dump it into a, a folder or something like that as well. And I know you mentioned that you had, um, Jenny and Tharcy of the double J collective on yeah. your podcast, which is awesome. So I work with them pretty exclusively to do my brand photography. So I have like a whole photo bank of magical mm-hmm. photos, thanks mm-hmm. to them that I can just draw from, from time to time. And it just makes my life that much better. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to be a part of a branding company and that's what we did. We did quarterly sessions and it was for that season. Uh, And then you'd have a full season worth of images just to draw from for things like that. Um, And I love that too. Like repurposing content is so key. I think I feel like it's let, I feel like it's more common than I realize, but it's also still not that common. Mm -hmm. Um, like fully, I go into my blog posts and just take sentences Yeah, and, you know, I'll do that every month or every other week when I'm out of ideas, I go to blog posts, I go to my about me page and Mm -hmm. it's just always reworking and rephrasing what you've already done because, you know, you're always going to have a new creative idea for a blog post, you know, once, maybe once a month, maybe only a few times a year, but however often you have that, that can be reused for other things and not just blog. I mean, that goes for anything. Um, yeah. I like that. Especially keeping in mind that people need multiple touch points in order to have that message really sink in for people, mm-hmm. right? Most often than not, people are passively scrolling. So they're not actively looking for you necessarily. Right. And so just getting that ego out of the way is Mm going to be really helpful to ultimately serve people better, but also then it it doesn't need to be hard on yourself in order to make it worthwhile to create, you know? Yeah. 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 For sure. I like the idea of having a bank of that. And I think I have a note for um, like, pr- like just a prompts for posts mm-hmm. and stuff like that too. And yeah, I think that's super valuable as a business owner, because I mean, they say, or they used to say how many times, like someone needed to see your logo eight times yeah. Yeah, 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 for them to recognize it. So it's the same with, you know, the message you're sending, um, not just your logo, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's one thing that has leveled up your business? I would say at the moment, what comes to mind, there's so many things again, but I yeah, think yeah. Something that really comes to mind for me is mentorship actually. Mm-hmm. So this has been something within the last year that I've really stepped into, I would say. And so I've been a part of a few different business accelerator programs at the moment throughout the year and um, through business in the streets. And then now the LSN program uh, through York University and being paired up with different mentors and having these different perspectives to help guide you in your business has just been super, super helpful. Mm -hmm. How did you hear about those I would say, I think business in the streets, I was referred to by a friend who took their previous cohort um, from a close friend of mine. And then, so she recommended it to me. I decided to apply and got accepted um, for, I believe it was their six week program. Um, And then they do have like a half loan, half grant funding opportunities and different ones throughout the year as well. Once you have gone through their program as alumni, you can Mm -hmm. apply for their, um, what they call bits bucks basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then through the LSN program, they just launched last year actually. And so I was some somewhat aware of it, but then through my co-working community, make lemonade, they, somebody had posted in there and then I decided to uh, apply with the requirements that they asked for, went through a few uh, rounds of application interview, and then here we are. (laughs) I love that. What have those specific mentorships given you? I would say it's really helped me become most aligned ever, I think, in my life as well. (laughs) And just from a personal perspective, to know that I can still have rest coexist with the work that I do, but also ultimately be able to 
expand and scale my business from a financial standpoint as well Mm -hmm. from things that I always like dreamed about in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a, that's a really good answer. And this question is tricky because one day you could answer one thing and the next Mm -hmm. day you could feel like it's something different. Um, But that's really great. I know for me, um, like workshops I've been to have been absolutely super instrumental in my growth. So I think kind of similar mindset Mm. of just hearing other people's stories and, you know, actually getting the chance to sit down and talk with them and engage with them um, about their business and just, uh, yeah, other experiences coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really nice to get out of your own head. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're in the day to day um, thick of it, then it can be really hard to take a step back sometimes and focus on that bigger picture of what you envision for yourself and your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in COVID time when you're at home, maybe you, you know, don't have any contractors or employees right now. You're doing it all alone. Like there's yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, even in normal <laughs> times, but especially now. <laughs> yeah. You're chartering on, char- on char- well, I will navigating uncharted territory for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's jump to kind of your podcast a little bit more, um, talk about that, where, when, how, where did that start? And yeah, just dive into it. Yeah. So as a designer, I felt so scared to even post my first website ever. And this was at the beginning of my career. And then even as I was learning to market myself on social media, Instagram in particular, this is for context, pre IG reels, pre IG TV and all these other features that are out now. But I just wanted my work to speak for itself. I didn't want to have to show my face at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I cannot deny the power that it has to really humanize you and to connect with people. And so once I realized that and recognized it, I learned to kind of step into it a little bit more. And so I challenged myself to do 30 days of Instagram lives and with the exception of weekends, but basically I, my intention then was to show up with value, whether it was for two minutes or 20 minutes, whatever that looked like, but I was here to show up for value for my community. And that was the intention then. And that's still the intention now, one and a half years later. And so Basically from that, the demand grew, people were still interested in it. So I ended up doing five more months of weekly IG live. So at that point I had six months worth of content, which is quite a beast in itself. And through that, I decided one day to pull my audience on Instagram stories to ask them if they would prefer an IG live or a podcast and the people have spoken. So (laughs) I (laughs) basically when I started, it was at a point in my life where I was going through a personal health scare. I was wrapping up client projects before the holidays and running a branding challenge at the same time. So Mm -hmm. just to give you a snapshot of what was happening in (laughs) my life. um, And then I decided to basically launch a beta for the first season with nine episodes um, as a one person army to record, edit, market, design, everything in between. So I totally appreciate what you do, Josie, (laughs) Um, behind the scenes, because people don't know what goes into it. They just hear the polished episode at the end. Right. And so I launched with nine episodes. It went really well. I really enjoyed the conversations. And then, yeah, here we are. Mm -hmm. Finishing season three. 
yeah, congrats. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know I've I've tried the YouTube content. Uh, not for me. I like mm-hmm. the I like just the audio aspect. Um, so I, I do relate to that. I love that you did a bunch of lives. So that's really incredible. That's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was (laughs) for sure, but I definitely have learned a lot. Yeah. Through Mm -hmm. those lives. Mm -hmm. Um, so just describe, so the listeners know, cause I feel like if you are listening and you like this podcast, you absolutely will like brand party podcast. So Mm -hmm. just kind of sales pitch. What's, what's your podcast about? What do I, what do I hear if I head over? (laughs) Well, make your brand a priority in your business, but you can also make it fun. So just like the title, it is a brand party over there joining on all the fun that my guests and I have for, honest, actionable tips that you can implement right away in your entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. And you um, interview a lot of different people from different industries. So you get kind of similar to me, you get that just a different perspective Mm -hmm. and different tips, because if you're running a solo business, you are kind of playing many roles. Um, So it's nice to hear from those different roles um, on a bigger scale. Um, Talk about kind of the journey of podcasting and what it's brought you as a business owner and has it given you more business to your design work? Just kind of how has it worked into your overall business? Yeah. So for me, it just feels really good in terms of having these great conversations with people genuinely, but also from a business perspective, it's allowed me to connect with different audiences again, but also be able to serve my clients um, ongoingly. So both from a lead generation portion to be able to support them with where they're at currently and provide some resources there, but also, you know, post-project as well, they got some great strategies and tips in place that they can continue growing from there too. So it's really great to know that, it doesn't, the fun doesn't stop from there. It continues on (laughs) with the after party. Mm -hmm. And basically as well, it's been really great catalyst to have for um, different speaking engagements too, to be able to Mm -hmm. showcase this expertise on a different level, but also how is it that I interact and be able to connect with other um, people that way too. Mm -hmm. What's um, like your favorite episode that you've done? Oh, there's so one, many. just one. I know uh, <laughs> it's tricky. Hmm. I think something very near and dear to me, there's an episode. Um, it's my only actual duo episode, um, out right now at this moment. So basically it's in season two. I'll send you the link later yeah. in the show notes too, but, um, if people want to tune in, but basically it was where I interviewed two different businesses. They're actually, local Toronto businesses um, that started during the pandemic. And one of them is Courage Cookies, which gives back to um, donate to different charities throughout the month. Um, And then a ice creamery called The Screamery, um, which I actually ended up working with too for a giveaway. And then also a um, custom ice cream for my boyfriend's birthday, which was so much fun. fun. So they're just both wonderful, wonderful businesses um, that just really made the most out of a difficult time. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. Yeah. I could totally link that in the show notes. Um, What's one thing, tip advice from another business owner that you've really implemented or taken away from your podcast? Because I feel Mm. like you've probably had many. I know I have, and you've had more episodes than me. So (laughs) yeah, 
I, it's like you say, there's different ones that kind of pop out to you on different days of what you're inspired by. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So what's coming up for me right now anyways, is an episode with Anita Chohan. She is a diversity and inclusion expert. And so we had a really great conversation about, you know, there's so many brands out there that are showcasing like cardboard cutouts of people, like in terms of they're assuming the, they're just assuming a lot of things of their audience and their community when you actively listen and truly take the time to understand their needs and what they want out of their life, then you're able to actually share real stories by real people. Mm-hmm. And it's just not done enough, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that one really st- stood out to me. Mm-hmm. I really, I listened to that episode. I like that episode a lot. Um, I think there are some great points made. Um, and I think that yeah, it's really important to kind of look at who you're speaking to and really ask the right questions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's really important. Yeah. One of my questions is also about COVID and how it affected your business last year, but talk a little bit more about the year, what it meant for you, how it changed your business. Uh, yeah. I think it's a lot of learning as well. And just like as a person of color, I'm I'm continuing learning. And like we touched on throughout this episode, I think it's really important for people to just be open to having conversations with people and learning from different experiences, I think is so valuable. Mm -hmm. We don't need to know necessarily all the answers. We're not all perfect either. So I'll be like the first one to raise my hand and say that um, for sure. But I'm always open to learning new things. So I think, you know, in light of everything that's happened with the um, Asian community recently as well, Mm -hmm. a lot more coming to surface, it just has really made me step into figuring out how to best support that in a way where it feels really genuine to me and what's happening in my life too, because I think it's between this feeling of feeling exhausted by everything that's happening and devastated, obviously, by what's happening. And if this is something that would have happened to my own family members, but it's also not being silent to the fact that it's happening and what I can do to support and giving back to other initiatives that are happening actually around Toronto, especially Mm -hmm. too, and in our Canadian community. So it's been really great to dive into own resources and different ones that are specific to um, like our country and beyond Mm -hmm. as well to see what's out there. has been, yeah, really, really informative. Yeah. I love that. I, uh, I think all those feelings are probably, I mean, they are very fair. It's been a lot this, even this last year, going back to the George Floyd and how that kicked Mm -hmm. off like such a big wave of movement online. It's just been, it's been a lot to process for everyone for different reasons. And I know for me, like, it's really opened me up to just realizing like, okay, like who am I, for example, interviewing on the podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. who am I giving voice to because that's important and that's really valuable and um, talk about if you want some of the resources and I'll put them in the show notes for um, some of those communities and things that you touched on. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, sometimes social media gets this bad rap of like, just because you didn't show it online doesn't mean that you didn't do it sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, as much as I think it's important to voice your opinion, if you, you know, are open to sharing, then it's great to help amplify these voices and experiences, but also the inner work is where the action really does take place as well. So even if you're having the conversations offline, I totally commend people for doing that too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I know in my photo Instagram page, I have a couple links at the top that go um, towards just information about that. One of them is anti-racism and then the other one is specific to the Asian community. Um, but yeah, we'll, I'll, we'll put some, cause I agree. I think it's important to keep it focused. I mean, it's really easy to focus on North American and American resources and tools, but in Canada too, it's really important mm-hmm. because, you know, we, I think tend to forget that it's real here. But yeah. I'd love to put that in the show notes. I think it's really important. I stand with the, with the Asian community, excuse me. And, um, yeah, I like that you touched on that. I think it's super important to talk about. And I mean, that's kind of what you talked about in that episode. Sorry, I forget her name again. Yeah. Anita. Um, yeah. With the diversity, I think it's just so important um, to think of it beyond just, just the word diversity. It like, doesn't just mean that, like there's right. so many layers to it. Like, I, I don't know why I thought of, have you seen the show Superstore? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. There's one episode in like the first or second season where the photographer rep from the head office comes and Garrett is like hiding from him because he's like a black guy. In yes, the he's like, know. I'm the poster child. For- so right. I, I think about that when I think about it, because it's not just, you know, showcasing or putting it out there. It's really like, let's open up the floor for conversations. And um, yeah. I know like yeah, just having different guests on my podcast is really important to me too and letting them talk about it. And I actually have a couple diversity episodes planned for later this season because yeah, it's important. So anyway, you can touch on it again too, if you want, I have more questions, but. uh, (laughs) Well, first of all, my boyfriend and I are totally obsessed with Superstore, (laughs) but also (laughs) (laughs) I think that even what you're talking about, like even in their beginning seasons, they I'm glad to see that so many different sitcoms and different media, even with your podcasts and whatnot, they are learning to really integrate this and create a accessible and approachable way to have these deeper conversations about accessibility, diversity, inclusion too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just important to be willing to have a conversation and to be willing to, you know, go forward in these conversations with grace and humility um, mm. because we're all figuring it out at our on our own rates or for sure yeah. being a white person, you know, we're all figuring it out on our own time and at our own pace. And I just think it's all we have to do is just talk about it and bring it, bring it up in conversation. But yeah. Mm. Amazing. Okay. So when moving on from that, do you have any tips to anyone interested or already in the graphic design community, uh, looking to start out wanting to go solo, um, a quick tip for those folks. I think really taking the time to identify like what is your unique value proposition or what do you do differently that other designers don't is really going to help you stand out and Mm -hmm. clarify that messaging overall too, because it's no secret. There's a ton of designers on Fiverr of work um, that you're competing with, but also, you know, the agency side of things that are very large scale too. So finding where you fit in and how you can best serve people is going to be a, ma- a magnet for magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> and then any last thoughts, tips, or advice, just general, not necessarily to graphic designers or um, people in that field, but just general tips to finish on. 
like one of my favorite quotes is eat the frog if you're familiar. So I'm basically, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like interesting of a, of a phrasing, but basically it means to do the weird, gross thing that you've been kind of avoiding for a while um, and just dive right in. So mm-hmm. start, um, I promise it's less scary than you have worked up inside your head and just have fun with it. At the end of the day, I want people to celebrate more, um, to celebrate the process and the journey along with it because you will inevitably, as you consistently show up for yourself and your business, that you will inevitably get to that, that ending point there, but you get to choose your own adventure at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I love that. Eat the frog. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Um, well, Christine, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate um, you taking the time to be here today and giving all your great tips and insight. Um, and for the, those listening, I will be sure to link um, anything we talked about or, you know, a few key links that were mentioned um, in the show notes. So you can find Christine CL designs and um everything else too. (laughs) Thank you, Josie. Thanks for listening in. Remember to check us out on Instagram at what the business podcast. See you at the next episode.